coffee drinkers. Imagine, like, that's what's on my mind today. This little line, seven notes. So just a brief uh, insight into how my brain wakes up in the morning. It's generally with something like that. Sometimes it's fewer notes. Sometimes it's a much bigger picture. Um, But we're back with the podcast. And in the background, I have Lily. Yeah. How you doing, baby? Come in. See. Yep, there she is. There's her podcast debut. Hopefully the SM5 is directional enough that it will keep out most of the background shenanigans. And that's why the podcast has been on a hiatus for so long. The kiddo taking up a lot of bandwidth and, um, you know, rightfully so. And uh, trying to venture back into getting things done at the same time as hanging out with her. Some kind of talking to you guys, wrangling the rugrat and toys and all kinds of things with one hand and trying to practice at the same time. Oh, chops feel a little rough. Had a gig last night, first time playing that hard for that long in a while just at the spot with uh with bob and the guys but it felt good um using a new preamp which is giving the natural sound of the bass actually unfortunately i don't have it plugged in right now because it's all still in my in my rig um that i took out of the house but yeah we'll be making a video on that soon it's been kind of a game changer in terms of uh using this new caveman audio bp1 in my in my live setup and recording been super nice really nice to kind of it just feel like i'm sitting in the mix a little better like as a bass player i'm sure bass players out there listening you know that feeling when it's good when you feel like you're in the right place and you feel you have like the right response i guess i feel it in my picking hand more i don't know how do you guys feel about that it's also a really personal thing right some people don't even use a preamp some people are really big fans of compression you guys know i use the miura m2 in fact i'm not using it right now just experimenting with just having a preamp and no compression. I think that was because I was doing a lot of recording and I didn't really need it in the recording process because I was I was getting like, you know, plugins or outboard gear to do that stuff. So uh suffice to say I'm in kind of flux with the pedals, been doing some pedal auditioning. You may have seen that on Instagram. And I for uh for went i guess <laughs> uh yeah i just basically took all the pedals went back old school took all the pedals off the board and uh laid them all out in a little semicircle in front of me last night there is a current post of that on instagram if you want to check out the setup the pedals i was auditioning last night for dun, 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 for the tour um for the one way out <laughs> the one way out world tour it's like five dates in europe but it does signify the the beginning of the touring um, wow, there are toys flying everywhere here in the background. I'm sure you can hear. See, um, baby, ¿qué quieres? Limón, elefante rosa, elefante, no? Muy bien. Yeah, um, there's a lot going on in the background here. Sorry, yeah, but the touring it starts in August. Can't wait. I have a, like a countdown app. Um, I know I'm probably gonna 
divide the room here, but I'm actually a big fan. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of United Airlines, have been forever, flown United for two decades almost and have been 1K, you know, I think I'm in my 18th or 19th year of being 1K, 2 million miler, all of that kind of nerdy travel stuff. I'm sure there are some travelers listening that you know what that means. If you don't, actually, maybe we'll get to that. It's actually kind of important talking about touring. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later in the episode, some useful information for anyone thinking about touring and traveling with their own music. But um, uh, yeah, I have it like, a you know, the basic app, the widget in the phone, and it counts down to when the flight is taking off. And, you know, post-COVID, there really hasn't been any flying or during COVID. Are we really post-COVID? I don't even know. But the only time I left was to go make the record in Spain. So the first time I've had a countdown on the phone uh, with a flight, a kind of a meaningful flight, it says, what did it say? 35 days. So that's it. Tour starts in, um, in just a few weeks. And we're kicking off in London. We're playing the Pizza Express in London, in Soho. Uh, then we go and play really nice venue, Stoller Hall in Manchester. Really looking forward to that one. Actually doing something I've never done before. Going to need your guys' feedback on that. Um, I don't know, Instagram, somewhere you'll find me and, and let me know. Um, doing like a, sounds, I don't know, it sounds kind of weird to call it a VIP meet and greet. But that's kind of what it is. It's like, an, a, you know... For a slightly more expensive ticket, I'm going to open up the sound check um, so you guys, anyone who wants to, can get in and kind of see what we do, see our process, see how we find the sound, figure out the room, um, and it, it's always a it's always a tough thing to balance finding your sound. Like as I sit here, I'm wearing headphones, I'm you know recording podcast. And the sound is it's such a different experience from the last time I played the bass, which was last night in a small club, quite loud. Um, and, and the feeling is totally different under fingers. So you're getting a, a look at that whole process about how we dial in sound effects, how we set the band up, just having an open sound check, and then a Q&A. So it really is like a, a meet and greet Q&A. Um, we're trying that out in Manchester. That's the only gig on the tour we're doing that. And I'm really excited to do that. It would be nice... It's a nice way, I think, of, of perhaps adding some more value to people who, who care about that kind of thing and also being able to, you know, make the tour kind of financially worth it. Um, and then after Manchester, we uh, sort of jet set. It's the one jet set fancy gig. We go down to Monaco and uh, play at Le Note Bleu. Um, then we hop a super early couple of flights up to Helsinki, Finland. Really excited about that, actually. But all, all the last three gigs of the tour are places I've never played as a band leader. So Monaco, um, Helsinki, and a small place in Viljandi in a, called Viljandi in Estonia. I've been to Estonia before. I haven't been to Viljandi. Obviously, I've spent a lot of time in, in, in Monaco. I've been to uh, Finland a bunch of times, but never played in any of those places as a band leader. So that's really, um, that's really exciting. It's, it, I was asking myself this the other day like okay you've been doing this hey old man i said to myself you've been doing this a long time you got 25 years uh, sitting on a plane and go going to all these places and you know uh, most of that is has been with other people of course i put out a lot of records i have toured as a band leader actually more than a lot of people i know but still throughout my career yeah oh just a little cough um yeah, she's sick as well, which is not great. First time she's been sick, so it's it's tough to seeing her deal with that and the runny noses and the not being able to sleep. It's I feel really bad for her. Um, but yeah, so so to go to these places, like like what you've been doing it all this all these years, 
uh, what what is it that kind of keeps you going? I get that question actually quite a bit, interviews and online and stuff like after all this time, what keeps it fresh? Like what makes you want to keep doing it? And it's things like this. It's being out there as a band leader, being able to present my own music with musicians I love, with friends I love, and be, just being surrounded by all the right people. So that is, that's what's coming um, for five days, our first foray into touring with this new trio and with this new music and three places for the first time, which is going to be fantastic. I'm really excited about that. Um, and we'll get into like the process. It's been quite a process. You may or may not have seen a few of the YouTube videos I was posting throughout the year as I was talking about and going through the process of booking these shows. I don't have a manager, a tour manager, a booking agent, uh, none of that, no lawyer, you know, to, to, to make deals and stuff. So I do it all on my own. Um, and that's, I'm not looking for sympathy <laughs> or, or props or anything. I, I, I genuinely, you know, I genuinely love what I do. Uh, it's kind of just, I want to be able to present useful information to people who are perhaps considering going and doing that on their own. And of course, it, the information I present is coming through a very specific lens. It's coming through from my perspective and, you know, the kind of music I play, which you, you're probably uh, aware of by now. It's improvised instrumental music featuring electric bass. In in the latest setup, it's with a trio, with a with a bass, with a drummer and a keyboard player, and you know that that has it. It's not a rock band, or it's not a country gig, it's not a folk quartet, it's not a classical thing. You know, there there are obviously some subtle, some huge differences in touring for different um, different styles of music, different venues, all that kind of thing. But um, I will say that without any of the quote unquote traditional infrastructure. You know, talking about a booking agent or a manager or, or any of that kind of stuff. It's it kind of goes a little bit like this, I guess. You know, for these five shows, I think I probably had to send seventy five communications around Europe to tons of countries. And hey, Amorcita, ah, okay, buddy, buddy in the tabs. This little dog here, she likes. Um, and this might be a short one because she may well melt down pretty quick. And we might have to get out of here. Quiere la abeja? She has this bee that she likes to play with. It's a shaker as well. La abeja y el limón. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, before people like pile in and say, hey, why aren't you coming here? Why aren't you coming? Why are you not coming to Belgium? Why are you not playing Germany? Why aren't you playing Portugal? Why aren't you uh, in the Azores? You know, I, I tried. Trust me. I sent uh, just for these just to get these five dates. I sent 75 uh, different you know, offers to different places um, and finally managed to put five dates together in a row. So that, that that'll kind of give you an idea of what you have to put in to get back kind of. Kind of the, 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 that's the minimum I could, could consider going out for. You know, I can't go out for less than five dates. It doesn't make sense to go and play two or three shows unless they're massive festivals somewhere. You know, the one-offs you can do, but they have to be, like, significantly financially viable. Oh, amorcita. She's coughing up here. I knew this episode of the podcast was going to be a challenge, but I know, baby. I know I could pick you up actually and put the bass down. How about that? So yeah, the 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 ability to go out there really kind of uh, is dependent on these kind of size shows is really dependent on having enough. And I would say five is probably my minimum. That that basically means a week. 
if I'm coming from the US, you lose a day travel uh, each end. So basically five shows back to back is is a week's worth of work. Oh, that's right. Come up on my lap. What's that? That's a microphone. And then it really varies across the, across the way. Some of them are guarantees, so you know exactly what you're making and how much money is coming in, so it's kind of easier to budget and to know exactly you know, what level of hotel you can stay at and what kind of flight you're taking, all those kind of things. And then a few of them are dependent on you good folks buying tickets and coming out. So um, that would be Pizza Express. Uh, the London, Manchester, and Helsinki dates are very much – their success depends very much on ticket sales. And those, ticket, those, those numbers aren't huge. Helsinki, for instance, is a small venue. There are only 80 tickets available. Um, I'm doing them um, through my website. It's the, what I really wanted to do with the tour, actually. It's, that's the one venue we're doing that with. It's like I'm getting a venue – um, and I'm taking kind of all the risk. I'm selling the tickets. I'm creating the guest list, kind of doing everything. Um, and that's that's what I would like to be doing in general is doing private hires of venues, taking the risk on my shoulders up front, um, just kind of knowing that I have I have some fans here. That I have enough fans to sell some tickets in this city. I'll take all the risk. I'll cut out the middle people. I'll cut out the venue owners, the promoters, all of those people that are scrambling to take their 10, 15, 20% of the cut. You know, and and I'll it potentially can make uh, more money that way and make it a viable thing to do to present my own music to come and meet you guys to come and play this music live, which I think is where it's sort of best experienced. So that's really what I want to do more and more of moving forwards. And Helsinki is that. That's the only one on this tour that I'm doing that on. So that's a bit of an experiment. So a few firsts here: the the meet and greet in Manchester. And the Helsinki gig, where it it really is dependent on um, on ticket sales. So anyone in Finland. Make it happen. I, uh, you know, I'm so so psyched to come to Finland. It's really been on my hit list for a, a long, long time to come as a band leader. Um, so I'm really happy that we're making it, it it work. But there are only 80 tickets, so it will. I'm pretty sure it will. They will all sell, and and everything will work out. Um, but it's a risk, and that risk uh, kind of starts the moment you commit. You know, there's this there's this period that I'm in right now between having committed to all the gigs and then I'm in the period of like gotta sell tickets, gotta sell tickets, like really there's there's pressure on it. And then you have to be kind of uh mentally ready or mentally strong enough, I think, to put all of that that risk and worry and the process and the work, put all of that energy aside and tap into a new energy to then go and present the music. So it's multi layered. And I think it gives you an appreciation of why perhaps agents are taking 10, 15, 20%, you know, because um, they are taking a, some of that worry away from you. They're doing deals. They're maybe getting better guarantees, taking less risk, taking care of maybe some logistics or a lot of emails. So that can be worth it. But if you do have the, the wherewithal to, to make it work and to, you know, play all the roles in the, in the organization, I think it can – I think it can really be rewarding. I've, I've done it before, done it a bunch of times before, all over the world, Middle East, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, South America, US, Europe. I've really I've been all over the place as a band leader, booking it all myself. I've never had an agent, so I do have some experience in that. It's just been a while. Um, I did that kind of all pre-social media boom, like no Instagram, no TikTok. I think Twitter was around, but it was all kind of MySpace that we're talking that kind of level. Um, MySpace and Facebook, that was kind of it. So this is definitely a new 
a new era for me or a new lens to see that whole process through of selling tickets and connecting with people. And uh, for me, it's kind of funny that the podcast, my podcast was the first thing I really did online. I think 2006 was the first episode and I did, did a bunch of episodes and then it kind of goes off the boil a little bit like now I'm coming back after a break and then it comes back online and goes off and on and off. Um, kind of ironic that it's the one thing that I've been most consistent with, but it's also the thing I've been most inconsistent with. <laughs> um, and this baby is wriggling. Hey, baby. It's a good sign, though. You're feeling better? Fascinated with the microphone. Doesn't give a rat's ass about the logistics of touring. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, before I forget... Hey, you probably shouldn't pour that mint, my love. Um, so, yeah. Before I forget, I should say tickets are available through my website. Um, Pizza Express is actually selling pretty good. Uh, so, that might be one of the first ones to sell out. I know London is a little bit of an easier city to to play because way more populated way more fans there but manchester you know manchester and helsinki are going to be the ones uh tickets are available at the website at yannickwisdala.com or at stoller hall for uh for the manchester show and uh yeah kind of psyched for it to be happening and it's getting to be a little bit of a busy fall time end of the summer beginning of the fall um there's a, a, a fantastic drummer i'm sure you're all aware of him steve smith uh drummer from journey and you have many 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 amazing band steps ahead um, has his own band vital information and has had for 30 years and um or is it 40 holy shit i actually i, I don't remember whether it's 30 or 40 i guess it must be 40 holy cow i gotta check that but whichever it is it's the anniversary of that it's 83, right? It has to be 40 years. Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary in 2023. And um, I'm playing in the band. And we're going to do some touring. So there'll be some US touring, uh, perhaps a little Europe and a little Asia. Uh, we're doing a little warm-up thing in September, which will be fun. Um, it's all kind of trio stuff. So me and Steve and a great piano player called Manuel Valero from New York, Cuban cat. Woo! Yeah. Finding those pipes, baby. And uh, so that, and then coming to Europe with Bob Reynolds, September, October. So it's turning into being quite a quite a busy full touring schedule, which is cool. And uh, it's turning into being a real snotty <laughs> mucus-filled baby session here. Oh yeah, that's right. It's okay. It's okay. You want to go back and play with it twice? Oh yeah, we're getting into the super fast, so we might be coming to the end of the podcast shortly. And, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, I'd love to get into it more. I'd love to like hear your questions. Maybe you want to hit me up. Maybe I'll put a little, um, AMA thing or rather instead of asking me anything, ask me about touring. Cause that's kind of on my brain right now on Instagram and get some questions for another episode. It'd be nice to answer your questions. If you, if you have some regarding this thing, like presenting your music, like I talked about the, the airline thing being so important. And I know people are going to be like, man, United sucks. Well, let me tell you that every domestic US airline sucks. They all suck, United included, if you don't have status. So that's one of the, one of the main things with, with touring I've found is to do all your miles with one airline and get that airline status and reap the rewards and the benefits, the perks, the upgrades, the baggage. You know, 
I will say, you know, traveling as a band leader, one of those massive expenses is besides the, the cost of the flight itself is all the luggage and, you know, my keyboard players bring in a keyboard. My drummer's bringing his cymbals and I'm bringing a bass that I check. I'm bringing all the pedals in a Pelican and a Duffel. There's, there's just a lot of baggage, even for a trio. And if I'm bringing a film, some sort of film setup, filming crew or guy or girl, or who maybe it's one person, maybe it's two, there are all these added expenses that really mount up when you think about it's not only just the flight and the hotel and the ground transportation but it's maybe you've got to rent some back line here and there um you've got a it's trains as well we're actually taking a ferry i believe from finland to estonia so there are all kinds of travel things and the baggage thing just kills you when you get like two three hundred dollars every time you get on a plane it's like oh shit and you get to the end of the tour and you have this bill for three four grand if it's a you know two three week tour and you're like yeah you really need to eradicate that so when you have your status at least with united if i book my entire band on the same itinerary everyone gets the same baggage allowance which is three bags up to 75 pounds 23 kilos 70 pounds 23 kilos something like that three heavy bags each included for free so we can really move around the world on the star alliance network or on united airlines um and and i'm pretty sure that's a a similar thing to other airlines i don't know anything about american or delta for instance but i'm pretty sure they all have similar things it's worth investigating if you're thinking about being a band leader presenting your music da 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 yeah that's me papa see soy papa Yeah, I know. You dropped all your toys, so let me pick them up for you, man. Yeah. All the toys. (laughs) I think we have about three minutes before she drops all of these. There goes one and two. (laughs) Yeah, so having having those little perks and you know little things like lounge access where you have to buy your whole band breakfast when you want to buy your whole not have to when you want to buy your whole band breakfast when you want to take care of people on the road which i think is hugely important respecting those people you work with respecting the fact that it is brutal to go on the road it's not all you know rock star state it's definitely not private jets and you know thousand dollar bottles of champagne it's it's a grind it's getting up at four in the morning and heading to the airport to take two flights you know, to then get somewhere and sound check and uh, you know play a gig and go to bed maybe at midnight and get up again at four a.m. You know, so respecting the people you work with and trying to take care of them as best as possible is is very very high on my list of priorities. So having some lounge access uh, all over the world, you know, I generally ha- can have two guests in every Star Alliance lounge in every airport. So that's breakfast. That can be a shower and in the middle of a really hectic uh, travel day. If you had to run out of the hotel and didn't get a chance to do that, you know you can do it in like Frankfurt Airport, Senator Lounge, for instance, showers. Boom. It, it, it may sound small, but those things are just the little day rooms that you get in some of these lounges where there's a bed and you can catch the 90-minute sleep. Um, that is hugely beneficial to how the show sounds to how we are able to then come and present this music to you that all that's all a consideration um so yeah bottom line doing all your miles with with the same airline and getting some of those perks those benefits can really help the setup that's what i've been doing for a a really long time and um yeah but more more stuff like that questions that's what's on my mind i'm literally in in it right now and will be for some time now this is this is just the first five dates um i know there are going to be people who say hey why didn't you come here why didn't you come there well the reason i didn't come to uh copenhagen is because nobody would reply 
to an email to, 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 to give me a gig. So that's why I didn't come to Copenhagen on this one. And you can copy and paste that same answer to Brussels and Lisbon and Madrid and Barcelona and Rome and Milan and, 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 you know, we're lucky that we got the five cities we have and I'm already working on the spring and the summer of next year. So we will come uh, and play as much as we can all over the world. I have to be careful about the time I spend away from home. Uh, the five dates is the least I can do, but I, you know, financially speaking, to be to be uh, to spend all that money to travel, but also on the top end, I can't really be gone for anything more than two weeks. So I would say twelve or thirteen concerts at a time in one trip maximum is probably my limit, and it it feels good to play that many shows. I think I think that's a nice amount of shows before you take a break. I'm a big fan of working night after night. I like to, you know, there's nobody singing in the band. You're not straining vocal chops. Hopefully you're not straining your body playing bass, drums, or keys. Si, amorcita. Si, ya voy. Momentito, por favor. Dos minutos, ma. Gracias. So you can, as, a, as an instrumental trio, I think, go out and, and hit it every night. Maybe 13 nights in a row is a little too Pat Metheny. <laughs> but also, I don't want to be like two Rolling Stones where they play like one show and then they take three or four nights off. I mean, those guys are all 80 as well. I have to consider that. And they sing. But yeah, I think there's a nice balance to be struck there with the time. And I think we'll be able to cover a lot of the world. Um, and if I'm strategic with the cities, then hopefully people who don't live in a massive city will not be that far from somewhere we're playing um, and, and won't be left out. So I need your feedback on all of this. I'll post a little thing in my Instagram stories. Uh, so you know, right now, as of July 15th, it's going to be around 12 noon when this podcast goes out. Go check my Instagram stories. Ask me some questions about all of this process and um and how it all works and i'll be happy to fire up another episode of the podcast see i'm finished i'm finished and uh yeah maybe i'll try and do it when she's on a nap next time but liddy you want to say what diga adios adios bye bye say bye bye adios coffee drinkers cafe shit i gotta learn how to say coffee drinkers in spanish god damn it i should have had that should have had that ready to go. Well, I've got Google Translate here. Let's see how close it gets. Okay, we're going to learn how to say coffee drinkers in Spanish, okay? Baby. Ah, bebedores. Bebedores de café. Okay, so we say adios. Bebedores de café. Sí. Wow. She actually got quiet when I started speaking Spanish. Maybe my Spanish is that bad. All right. On that bombshell... Go check out tickets, yannickwasdala.com for the tour. Really hope I can see, meet some of you guys, girls out there on the road. Um, Going to be doing a, a little tour poster specific to the cities with the dates listed on it. So if you're coming to one of those shows, we'll actually have something hopefully kind of meaningful that, that, that you know, you can have as a... As, as a souvenir of being at that show um, we're going to print them we're actually going to have a physical thing for people to take away after the show and sign them and stuff so I'm looking forward to having uh, a little bit of a merch element again that's yet another thing you guys can ask about we can talk about on the next episode if there are questions about it how to do merch and vinyl and okay I'm getting my cue the timer has ended <laughs> I am being told alright that's it I'll, uh, I'll speak to you cats on the next one Sí.